0: Today's episode of the Riderflex podcast is sponsored by our friends at Rocky's Venture Club, an angel investing group dedicated to accelerating economic development by educating and connecting investors and entrepreneurs. Their mission is to advance economic development in the Rocky Mountain region. And on today's episode of the Riderflex podcast, we have guest Caleb Carr. He's the president and CEO of Vita Inclinata. A company based in Broomfield, Colorado, in the defense and space industry, they're building technology that brings people home every time. Everybody lives on Zoom these days, right? Yeah, no kidding. Caleb Carr on the Rider Flex podcast. How you doing, Caleb? Hey, good, mate. Yourself? I'm doing just fine. I hear that New Zealand accent, right? Aren't your parents from New Zealand? Is that right?
1: That is, yep. He's a Kiwi. And so I spent some time as a kid in New Zealand, and try and get back as much as I can.
0: But you, did you go to high school there, or you went to high school in the states?
1: I went to high school in the states.
0: I was in Portland, Oregon, actually. Okay, okay, you went to Portland. Okay, so your folks moved here, and then they had you and all that. I did. I couldn't. I didn't know. So the accent just rubbed off because you obviously you were raised by your parents, and they had the accent, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, that, and then also spent a series of years there as a little kid, and. Um, and then my parents decided to move back to the States and went to middle school and high school here in Portland, Oregon, and, uh, kind of started my journey of entrepreneurship and kind of building a business from there.
0: Are you in Portland today? Are you know, I'm in no, Oregon, Denver, 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 Colorado now. You're, you're in Denver. Okay. I mean, I know the company's based in Broomfield. Uh, your LinkedIn profile says Washington, by the way, did you know that? Yeah, um,
1: so I basically, for the last six months or so, I've been spending half of my time, if not more, uh, in Washington, D.C., living in Washington, D.C., and then-
0: uh, Uh, Okay, I figured it had, all right, I figured it had something to do with that. All right, before we get into the business, though, a little more personal, what'd your folks do?
1: So, dad's a retired pastor, um, and then my mother is a financial analyst for a
0: uh, medical company. Wow. Okay. Is your dad super tall too? Because I know you're like 6'5 yeah, or something. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a sports guy, athlete in high school, all
1: that? I was. I played football and rugby um, until too many concussions took me out. And I was done after that. I think I hit 13 by the time I was done with high school. Um, wow. That was enough for a doctor to say, well, if you ever want to go to medical school, which is what I wanted to do at the
0: time, you're going to stop. And so I stopped. So in high school, you wanted to be a doctor? I did wow okay well now where'd you get your undergrad at CU yeah okay all right and so when you entered CU and came to Colorado you were going you were going to be a doctor that was it that was the plan I was pre-med
1: track the whole way wow That did the whole gamut
0: all right walk us into the story that changed everything a little bit for you uh you know obviously when I mean I think right correct me if I'm wrong but did, did that all pivot when this accident happened uh, with your trainer, is that when it changed or did it change before that? Did your path change before that?
1: So, I mean, I, was, I started search and rescue when I was 15 years old, so in 2009. Okay. I was still in high school. Um, I worked for the Multnomah County search and rescue team. Okay. And the reality was, is that my first training mission, one of the trainers went down with cardiac arrest. So we ended up calling a Oregon National Guard Blackhawk helicopter to come rescue them. But the basket, as they were trying to lower down to us, kept swinging back and forth, unable to get through the trees. And so after multiple attempts, they called off the mission and we called time of death on the ground. Um, and you so, and
0: how many people, st- can I just visualize that for a minute? Is it you, the person that had the heart attack? Is there a bunch of people around or? We
1: had teams about seven or eight. And at this point, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. It was my first training with anything related to search and rescue. And so basically me and a couple of others just kind of looked at it, starry eyed, going, okay, what the hell's going on? And how, stay out uh-
0: of the way. Right. How old were you? I was 15. 15. Well, that's something to see at 15 years old, right? I bet that, that was, you know, obviously was a major impact on your life, I guess, at that time. Okay. Um, and or, so talk to me about, but, but even though that happened and you're 15 in high school, you still wanted to be a doctor. You didn't. That didn't immediately change your path into being an entrepreneur or creating Vita, right? That didn't change it right then.
1: Yeah, so Search and Rescue was what actually got me super involved in medicine. Um, I loved the idea of medicine, had a lot more harder searches that came after that first iteration I see. Um, that naturally made me have a very high passion for trauma and for helping patients. I um, and so that was kind of where I wanted to go to school for was primarily to go be a doc.
0: Okay. And did you visualize yourself as like the doctor that flies out on the helicopter and like saves a guy that's dying on the mountain? Was that, was that, was that? Was that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, as much as I would love to do that, I, I saw myself much more in the emergency department, if anything.
0: Okay. All right. So you go, you finish school, you get your, your degree. Mm-hmm. Walk us into your early career. And didn't you, I mean, Vita started pretty quickly or did you start that while you were in school? I think you did. I started while I was in school, so I started in 2012. Um, a professor heard the story
1: uh, from 2009 and basically verbatim said, "Well, why the hell don't you fix it?" Um, and that was two months into my undergrad career. Um, so, with that, created Vita um, was little kitty startup, as I call it, throughout all of undergrad.
0: Like a fun, uh, co- like a fun, fun college project. Yes, exactly.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> Except it took me into lobbying. I set up a couple of nonprofits um, as the University of Colorado claims 75% equity of Vita within the first year of our creation.
0: Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, hold, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me just make sure I heard that right. You, you, you're doing this project and the university at some point said, yeah, we we own the majority of that little company you have there. Was it an official LLC with like an operating agreement and everything? It was. Okay. All right. Did you say, hey, I'm looking at my cap table in my operating agreement. I don't see you guys in here anywhere. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: it, it was rather radical to get that from the tech transfer office from the university.
0: Uh, what'd you do?
1: So I said, screw
0: you. Um,
1: and I opened uh, a company called Students for Intellectual Property. We okay. were a lobbying firm where we, hi- we had over 300 students working for us um, across the country. To push legislation both at the state and federal level to mandate that students who create something on campus own what they create across um, the so nation,
0: across, across across the country.
1: Region.
0: Yep. Wow. Okay. So not only not only were you going to school, you had your little company going. Now you're getting legislation passed to, to fix all this stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, was the main focus. Yeah. Uh, um, so you got a couple <laughs> states passed.
1: Um, all right. all Colorado right. essentially died um, as a deal. Between the University of Colorado and the legislature, which the University of Colorado would step back and release their claim to our IP if the Colorado State Legislature would drop the legislation.
0: Okay. Did this cost you money to get to, to, to do all this lobbying and everything? How are you funding yourself during this, this time? When I left undergrad, I came out with
1: $67,000 in debt on credit cards. Okay
0: student loans credit cards all this stuff okay
1: i was actually on a poor ride so the university of colorado was threatening to pull my scholarship threatening to kind of completely kick me out of the university as a whole um during these years and wow I mean, it, it was still completely funded by credit cards
0: wow wow have you guys made up since then are you like buddies with the people that see you now are you guys still kind of like <laughs> yeah I, I think it's still a little bit tarnished uh,
1: and- <laughs> We'll see. I've always said that I will make sure that CU's policies are fixed um, come Vita Success um, to make sure that other students are
0: protected. Wow. Okay. Major accomplishment though to get that stuff passed. All right. So all right. So you graduate. You got the company. You 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 have ownership of the company. Full ownership of the company, or there or there's a co-founder. I think.
1: So at this point, it was still really me. So we had a series of other individuals that were with us, um, but when I graduated from undergrad, I realized that the company was not going anywhere. Okay. It was still ideas, pie in the sky. Let's meet every week. Let's come up with cool stuff
0: and not do anything. And then drink some beer. And and, and, was that? I was going to say you left that department and then we were like, screw it. Let's just have a six pack. And we'll just drink some beer and it'll, it'll be fine. Oh, no kidding, right? <laughs> Especially a uh, uh, that had to be
1: the cheap beer because I was on, already on credit cards. Right. Um, <laughs> the... So I ended up firing my entire old team, um, one of which was my roommate at the time. Um, but great-
0: but you weren't, were, you paying, were you paying these people or you you like, hey, I'm firing you from volunteering?
1: <laughs> yeah, firing you from volunteering. And, <laughs> uh, everybody kind of working for sweat equity, if you will. Gotcha. Um, and brought on my co-founder and partner, split my equity right in half um, okay. and brought on Derek Sakura, who drove the engineering space to what it is today.
0: Okay. Now, when did you do that? What, what year was that? July 4th of 2016. Of 2016. And that was right after you had got your bachelor's degree. So right after you graduated. So the summer after you graduated college, you brought on your co-founder. And are either one of you guys working? Like, what are you doing to like eat and pay rent at this at this time?
1: <laughs> so Derek was actually working for a defense company at the time. Okay. Um, so he was designing uh, gunnery training systems um, for a series of Air Force clients. All right. So he had and, income.
0: All right. And then
1: I had my parents income and my wife at the time or my girlfriend, which turned to my wife at the time.
0: Oh, I see. All right. So you had to go. So you, so you, you, you partner up with your buddy that's your new friend. He's got some income. You're asking your girlfriend if you can sleep on her couch and mom and dad are also kind of helping a little bit.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Okay. Got it. All right. I'm with you so far. All right. Then what, what's the, what's the first big breakthrough for you? Um, our first
1: win was the University of Colorado's business plan competition February 20th, I think, of 2018. So we still struggle for another. This two is two years.
0: years later. This is two years later. Yeah. For two years, are you working on this thing? You're not working anywhere else to, to get any personal income. You're still you're just surviving. So I
1: eventually started working for Uber Corporate out of Seattle. Okay. okay. Um, and I ended up having to get a big boy job and actually start um making an income for is that 30. because
0: is that because dad called you and said hey listen uh this is cool i know you're having fun with this little project but you... <laughs> oh i think
1: it was more i mean uh the lady she was a she's an air force officer uh, so she was stationed in mccord air force base um and i was not willing to just sit on my duff
0: and um not contribute so um, ah gotcha I, gotcha you know, gotcha this is your wife you're talking about yeah. Okay. She's your wife now. Yes. Okay. Very good. Okay. All right. I got it. All right. So, you know, I'm sorry. The, the big break 2018, I cut you off there. Go, go for it. Yeah. You were talking so, about. I mean, um, we won our first business plan competition.
1: And then throughout 2018, we raised about a hundred thousand dollars in capital. Um, from friends and family, angels. Angels um, primarily. And wow. from there, uh, we were able to build a black box with red fans. Uh, which was Chinese fans with plastic around it to try and validate this idea of what we call the load stability system or LSS.
0: Okay, hold on a second. Did you, did you have to give up a bunch of equity for that first 100,000? Um,
1: we actually gave up
0: um, less than, I think, 4% of the company. Okay, okay, very good. Good job. All right, good job. All right, you got the fan. You got the box built now with this 100,000. Yep. Plus, you're, are you taking a little bit of that angel money and paying yourself now or you're still not paying yourself anything? Mm-hmm. All right. None of us were paid until November of 2018. Um, All right. So you, you get this prototype built, then what yep. happens? So
1: we then got our first air force contract in November.
0: How, and, uh, how'd you, how'd you do that? Give me the short version.
1: <laughs> so the SBIR program, which is a small business innovation research program for the air force specifically looks for new inventions. And so they give you 50 to $75,000 to go find an air force customer. If you have a viable idea that they might want to get behind. And so we submitted for 75 grand and we ended up getting uh, one of those contracts in November and then a second one in early, early 2019.
0: Now, is that, big enough, is that good enough now for your co-founder to quit his other job or not yet?
1: He legally had to. So he actually quit within 48 hours um, of us being awarded uh, because of the period see. of performance in the Air Force mandate that you spend 51% uh, of your time on the contract. I see.
0: Okay. That was probably a scary time for him too then, right? Was he married oh, I- at that time?
1: He was not, but he was, it, it was a risk. And I fully appreciate Derek for his sacrifice on that um, to take that risk for basically a three month period.
0: So let's just pause for the listeners right there, because a lot of Rider Flex people, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, you know, that right there is it, that's a major turning point for Derek, right? I mean, he's probably making, I don't know what he was making at that time. One, something. Made six figures, Yeah. With our question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, something. And, it's, it's time for him to make a decision. He's got to look in the mirror and go, okay, I'm walking away from this pretty good salary as a young man, and me and Caleb are going to pay ourselves pennies, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that's a major decision, okay, all right, yeah, at that point, then he's all in. He's pushing his chips all in, and you, you know you, got, you you know you got yourself a good co-founder at that point for sure.
1: Damn straight.
0: All right, cool. All right. So then what happens? Walk us through, kind of walk us through now some of the, some of the last 12 months and where you're at today and, and roll that into a nice overview of what the company is today for the people that have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: I mean, uh, our first system flew November 30th of 2018, and that was the time where it validated everything that we were doing. Vita is essentially trying to craft and has crafted technology to eliminate the spin and swing of loads below aircraft or on cranes. And essentially our technology is a drone that attaches to the load or to the cable and provides counter thrust in the direction of the swing to bring the load to center. So a lot of people remember Miss Metro, the Arizona rescue that was spinning out of control that went viral on social media.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stop that in about three seconds. When I saw the video, some of the videos, I watched all the videos I could find when I was doing my homework on you. My first reaction was, this wasn't in place before? Like the military doesn't have this? (laughs) Yeah, our competition is a rope. It's called a tagline, which is literally someone holding it on the
1: ground, which works really well in an open field. But I can tell you from a search and rescue perspective,
0: the amount of times I do a search in an open field is basically nil. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. I can't believe this technology wasn't out there. When you were building this and you were, you were going, you were moving along. Didn't you have people telling you saying, well, listen, you're going to try to get this invented. And by the time you guys get this done, the the military or Boeing or somebody's going to just put out their own product. I mean, I'm sure you got those conversations all the time.
1: Yep. And that's exactly why I went to law school.
0: Um, Oh, that. Okay. So that was one of my questions. I'm looking at, I'm like, now, so why did he go to law school? Where, what's that? What's that coming in from? Oh, see. Okay. That makes sense to me now. So you're like, I'm gonna learn how to protect myself so I don't have to pay all these le- legal fees.
1: We're straight. so how do you corporately protect yourself? How do you protect yourself from an IP perspective? All those critical things that especially as early stage entrepreneurs, we deal with on a regular basis. But we are trusting others who we are paying hundreds of dollars an hour to, to basically craft it. And I said, screw that. I'm gonna pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans to just learn it myself. And now, we have a very robust internal um, law legal practice um, wow. that protects the company on a very daily basis and
0: arguably an hourly basis. And does it have other clients? Does that, is that a separate entity that you and Derek filed? or Is that a separate business subsidiary or what is that? So
1: it's actually two law students that I yanked from law school to come join me, uh, to come help me in this venture. And so <laughs>
0: um,
1: they're both graduating as well. We're all taking the bar in February um to go and actually be real lawyers um but it's been a growth trajectory for them to learn all these different things from litigation to contract
0: law to ip law etc i mean not only can it be your in-house counsel but it, it's, it could be a a subsidiary or, or a different revenue arm consulting arm of the company i mean yeah you can do all kinds of things with that okay great idea all right so are you are you back to my question about the military rolling something out I'm watching all this. I'm looking at the videos. I'm like, okay, this is really cool stuff. How does he protect himself? Like, is all this patented, protected now? Do you, are you protected now or can somebody launch another one? Where, where are we at?
1: So, we have 56 patents internationally <sighs> and uh, here in the United States as well.
0: How did you pay for all those? How did you get that done? So, I mean, we went from our
1: series seed round, which was November of 2019 or January of 2019, of 1.2 million. Um, and an $8 million valuation, catalyzed that to an $80 million valuation for $8 million in May of 2019. Um, and then uh, basically continued to grow uh, from there. So it was constant, just uh, strategic okay. raising uh, to okay. be
0: able to support a lot of that growth. Congratulations on the cash raises. Uh, are th- is this uh, VC money yet or still angels or PE or a combination of all the above? Give me a, give me an idea of what, oh, go ahead.
1: So the first rounds were angel uh, rounds. And then after that, um, a corporate VC, Kanamatsu out
0: of Japan, came on board and led the series A round. Okay. Very good. Do you have enough money now that you can manufacture whatever you need? You're not, or do you have, you have a bunch of orders that you can't fill yet because you're still raising some more cash or manufacturing and production is fine and you're right where you need to be? So we're
1: actually in the crux of a series B round right now for us to scale. So okay. we're sitting pretty well. I mean, we've got runway all the way through 2021, which is a rare statement for a start m- startup to say that we've got over yeah. basically Congrats. way over 12 months of runway. Congrats. Um, the reality though is we need to scale. We want to scale quickly um, because the military wants our tech. There's international agencies that want our tech. Um, And I I do not have the team to scale that quickly. Um, So we're actively trying to figure that out and um, getting very close to the close of that round, which will be an exciting announcement.
0: Has cash raise all of a sudden become the majority of your job dealing with cap tables and investors and raising cash? I mean, that's a like it or not, somebody in your position, that becomes a huge part of your life all of a sudden, right? It takes up a lot of time. It does
1: take up a lot of time, that, and then just strategic leadership of the company. Uh, one of the things that happened in, because of COVID was our business model went to shit, to be blunt about it. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. um, we were going to license our tech. We were not going to manufacture. Oh, really? And that was our main model. You changed your mind on that now? And we did. So basically when the licensing deals fell apart in the beginning of 2019 or 2020, excuse me, um, I decided to drop everything and move to Washington, D.C. And That's so I picked up everything. My family sacrificed a lot um, to basically enable me to go travel
0: um, and live in Washington, D.C. for a series of months. Right, do you have children now? I do not. Okay. You know, I, I love the fact that you're ballsy enough to pivot, though, aggressively when you need to. You, 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 you obviously will make a change or you'll, you'll attack something and make a change in your life to do that, whether it's go get your own law degree or move to Washington or, okay, oh, never mind, We're not gonna license, now we're gonna manufacture. <laughs> yeah,
1: I keep the word no. Um, I am never good with that and I'm very stubborn if you talk to anybody that knows me really well. Uh, if you tell me no, I say yes. And I say, I'll figure out how to make you say yes. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's generally my approach to the world. Well, how much cash has been raised so far total? So we raised close to $10 million in capital and raised, Warren's secured about $10 million in R&D contracts from the U.S. You're you're pretty good at getting people to say yes. Uh, It's working (laughs) out. The biggest win was Congress. So we ended up securing congressional appropriation and authorization in the fiscal year 2021 budget um, to deploy systems to the Colorado National Guard, Florida National Guard, Oklahoma National Guard, and 25th and 16th cabs in Fort Lewis and Hawaii.
0: Okay, now, just so I understand, these are all things that you're going to deliver products on. They have not, this hasn't happened yet. These are contracts that are in motion.
1: There are contracts that have been already appropriated in Congress. Okay. Um, They were led by uh, Representative Horn from Oklahoma, who actually drove that to be appropriated in the last congressional budget cycle.
0: So now you just have to deliver, right? And get the stuff made on on time. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, okay, so so you are, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, you're still kind of. Pre- so I guess you're still pre-revenue, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I guess, uh, but but it's easier easier to raise cash when you have the contracts and you're showing the investor. You're holding it up. You're look right here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how, how many employees today? We're at thirty-two. Thirty-two employees. Okay, and where do you see this going? You know what is the when you're talking to the investor? Are you saying, "Hey, look, every fire department across the country is going to have one of these, or every every oil company on the planet is going to have one of these"? How are you pitching it?
1: So I pitched mission first, and this is one of the things that pisses me off about Silicon Valley. It's all about market. Okay. For me, it's actually about mission. Um, ah, I started the company to save lives, and so at the back of our facilities, we have two now. Um, we have our mission statement, and that's to build technology that brings people home every time, hmm. and. Yeah, the market's great. I mean, I'm showing currently revenue projections that would put Vita at close to $21 in revenue um, over a series of the next five years. Um, And so there's a lot of attention and growth opportunities for Vita. Um, But most importantly, when I talk to investors and what I look for when I'm talking to investors is are they aligned with my mission? And will they see a success? Not in the market numbers, but in the ability to say that, yes, I invested in a tech that now is going out into the Pacific Ocean or going out into combat or going out into the Middle East and saving lives. And that is the first thing that I ask for.
0: Mm, You can tell you're passionate about that, by the way. And you're right, you're right, because an investor looks at it. I got to admit, I did the same thing. I looked at it and I thought, well, that's cool, but how many of those can you sell? And how can you scale that? I mean, I immediately did the same thing when I was doing my homework, and so- yeah, you can tell that you're passionate about that, which is, which is super awesome. Uh, okay, very good. So if you can save lives, that's the, the number one mission. And if you can do that and pay employees and make a little money all at the same time, then there's your home run. Damn yeah, straight. And that's exactly what we're running to right now. Do you want to eventually take it public? Do you want to sell it? Or do You don't even have those conversations right now.
1: So we're talking about uh, the opportunities of public um, over the next couple of 12 to 24 months. So we'll oh, see. How oh, the-
0: really? Oh, really? Wow. Okay. You, you sure you want to do that? That's, that's the mission. I will, I will get it to that point, And then I will
1: allow someone with much more senior and much more uh, knowledge of the space uh,
0: to come and replace this 26-year-old to actually kind of figure out how to do it. Is that how old you are right now? 26 oh i would have thought you were older than that you speak and act much older than that much much more mature from a business perspective okay are you are you going to be comfortable with that though i when that happens i want you to call me back because because i think you 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 handing the reins to somebody i mean you're going to have a lot of emotion around that i think uh but yeah (laughs) (laughs) are you uh and what stay on as a as a you know, I guess as a chairman, as a board member, okay. I mean, I
1: I will always be on the innovation side. I will always be on driving the new ideas and driving the team to succeed. Um, But I mean, I'm also, if you talk to any of my advisors or any of my team members, I'll tell you when I don't know anything. And I don't know, Jack squat about taking a company IPO. I don't know how to get through those spaces. And so those are the kind of things that I will be upfront and transparent about that, yeah, someone's going to come in and lead that show. Um, meanwhile, I can help develop team members and help make sure that the military set and all of these different things that are critical for the growth of the business and to
0: support that kind of trajectory. Okay. Are you and Derek still in charge of the cap table right now as of today, or do you not want to share that? So, I mean, we're 80% uh, roughly employed. Together? Together you are... You've raised 10 million with employees. Okay. Still, you've raised $10 million in cash and you still own that much? Good job, buddy. It's worked out. (laughs) Awesome job there. Okay. Very good. All right. So let me ask you a few questions here as we move towards the back end about just entrepreneurial advice for people that want to start their own thing or maybe they have their own personal mission like you did. If there is a junior or senior in college out there listening right now, and him and, him, him and his buddies have an idea that they're working on in the dorm room in between beers and stuff. What would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur that's in college right now today?
1: Tell me your pain point. And that's, that's really the first thing. And the reality is, is that you've, there's been so much models out of Uber and Airbnb that have looked for a market first. Not the pain point, but the market. Mm. Um, What happens is is that kind of pulls out the emotional side, which in early stage investors and early stage people that are trying to jump on with your company, they're not investing in a market. They're investing in you. Mm. And that investment in you is purely based on the pain point you're trying to solve. And can you convey that pain point to someone else?
0: Mm.
1: And so many entrepreneurs today miss that piece. They miss that in the first two minutes of their pitch, in their elevator pitch, I don't care how big the market is. You should tell me one number and move on. The reality is what is that pain point and how are you solving it? That's the critical thing. Um, And that's what I would tell anybody as they're looking at building a company, how to be successful in that space is focus on that pain point, identify it, and then run with it and convey that value and that mission. Um,
0: No different than how Vita did to grow ourselves awesome advice how about this first time ceo i i you know she's listening right now she's listening she had an idea she started a company six months later all of a sudden she has 20 employees and she's trying to figure out how to be a ceo for the first time any advice you want to give her
1: so being a ceo has been one of the best and worst things um that i've ever gone through um The sacrifices, both personally and professionally, um, have not been easy. Um, And you've gotta be willing to be so bought into your mission to have to be able to answer those calls of, yeah, I've got 30 people that I'm accountable for, um, but now I've got a marriage that might be struggling, or I've got family that's struggling, I've got a death in the family, all those things that people normally deal with in life. But when you have a company, now, everything is catath- I mean, basically multiplied by 10 in regards to the emotions. And one of the best things that I did recently, primarily because a lot of those emotions hit me again. I, I remember hitting them when I was struggling before we raised any capital, and I hit them again over the last couple of months, is I went to counseling. And I actually went and had someone who has startup background to actually mm-hmm. talk to and talk through the stresses and the... Um, The problems that come with both the personal and the professional life of how do you build a company and finding that outlet of someone to talk to Mm. um, was one of the most critical things that I missed as an early stage entrepreneur. Um, And I think I would have been able to handle myself both emotionally and professionally a hell of a lot more streamlined, but also more importantly, more focused Mm. um, should I have had that outlet um, a series of years ago.
0: Really appreciate you sharing that, Caleb. You know, for the listeners, if you're thinking about starting a business, it's almost impossible for Caleb and I to explain to you how stressful it will be on you, your family, and how emotional emotional it will be. I mean, it's, I can't even hardly put it to words until you go through it, right, until you live it. And so, yeah. I completely agree. Somebody to talk to, definitely. Or else you'll just bottle it up and, you know, then you're walking around at 3 a.m. in the morning in your living room in a cold sweat, you know, about to have a panic attack, you know. <laughs> <I> mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> no, and, that, and that's exactly it. And then your family's around you and you take it out of your family. You you don't know where to turn. You kind of retreat, at least for me, I retreated. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a healthy situation. It's but the not reality a- is that when you have employees in different countries and you have – uh, different stressors, you have investors knocking on your door and you are got litigation or you've got different things like that. It's how do you mentally work through it all and still make sure you care for the people that are around you? Um, and that is something that I will continue to always struggle with um, and something that I am still trying to learn myself as we continue to grow.
0: Do you have a specific dark moment that you want to share maybe a, a super scary moment story that you want to share when one time that uh you know was pretty tough on you anything you want to share specific
1: so you're talking to me as i'm basically completing a divorce
0: uh, Ooh, um, that's okay so so see there you go it, it, this is how it happens you, you go through so much that sometimes it will crumble a relationship i mean it's very difficult wow so now you're trying to okay for, first of all i'm 53 years old and I've, And I went through a a divorce, so I can tell you that it ain't fun. No, it's not. Uh, You don't have kids. That's good, right? It it could be worse. But wow, okay, so you're in the middle of that. You're trying to raise cash. You're trying to fly back and forth from Washington to Colorado, trying to run a company, take care of employees. Oof, and now you're going through that. I feel for you. Um, You know what happened to me, uh, Caleb, is I, I ended up working more. I, I worked more not that that's the right thing to do, but I ended up just uh, pouring myself into work even more when, uh, when that happened to me. Um, and I think it helped me in some ways. Um, I'd be careful to stay away from the vices, man, just stay away from the vices, whatever your vice is, whether you eat, eat cheeseburgers, smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol, whatever your vice is, be careful yeah. that it doesn't it doesn't pile up on you. Because that's what happens too.
1: Yeah, I know for sure. And my big focus now is both work mission. And then um, uh, working out, and that's kind of been what's kept my sanity. That's good uh, throughout
0: all of this. That's good. Okay, I'm going to lighten the mood and tell you this real quick. Then you brought them up. Okay, so I had an entrepreneur. T- I tell me one time. I said, "Tell me your darkest moment." He said, "Well, he said we were early stage. We were about a million dollar company, and <clears throat> we were working on a deal that we had to close, or else we were going to be out of cash and we were going to miss payroll. So we were trying to close this deal." And I'm super stressed out. This is the guy telling me the story. He said, I'm laying in bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's why I brought up 3 a.m. I'm laying in bed at 3 a.m. in a sweat because I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. My wife is poking me saying, what is wrong with me? And then my cat crawls up in my lap and pisses on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. (laughs) that's pretty good Uh, we all we all go through those as entrepreneurs though so i i uh you know you got to be tough enough to to push through it um and you got to stay the course you got to stay the course hey congratulations by the way you not only were you a titan 100 award winner right but you also were forbes 30 under 30 at one point i mean you've had several big time uh things happen happen to you and you've raised all that cash which is fantastic so and you got an awesome product with a great mission so congratulations
1: yeah no it's been it's been a hell of a ride um and one of the things that i would say as well on that piece um when your company starts taking off and once you get past that initial startup valley of death if you will um, <laughs> the ego is real and the pride is real right um, and with forbes and with Um, All the different accolades that come with that, uh, ringing the NASDAQ bell and Mm -hmm. stuff like that we did in 2019, Um, I had to recenter Um, and because it's really easy to be one of those companies that, oh, you're high and mighty, you're climbing, everybody's jumping on your bandwagon. Um, And on the flip side, that will completely distract you from what you need to be focused
0: on. That is another great point i really appreciate you bringing these very personal things up this is awesome stuff caleb yeah for the listeners if you've ever been around an entrepreneur that made it so to speak got the company going raised some cash 90 percent of the time they're a little cocky the reason they're cocky is because they've been through hell and made it <laughs> and then they have to learn how to recenter themselves as you said and pull back and be a little more humbly, comp- humbly confident and not so arrogant, right? They have to learn how to pull themselves back. But I know exactly how it happens. They've been through so much hell. They took so many risks, whether their house was on the line or their car got repossessed or the wife left them or whatever. They went through so much shit that when they actually make it, there is this, this thing that happens that they start to get a little cocky and they have to learn how to pull themselves back. That is great advice. I see it all the time.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it's something that I refuse to be. Um, yeah. It's something that I started to see myself go down and frankly has mm. led to a lot of the situations that has occurred lately in my life mm. personally. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to let that happen. And, Good for you. Um, it's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of miss because everybody's so focused on building the business that they right. forget who they are. Mm. Um, and That happened for me for a period of time.
0: Good stuff, my man. Great stuff. Great advice for the listeners. I really appreciate it. By the way, uh, just so everybody knows, if you want to learn more, of course, you can look up Caleb Carr on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also go to their website, which is vitatech.co, vitatech.co. Some cool videos on there. There's some videos on YouTube uh, of uh, the helicopters and the, and the uh, it's, it's SSL, right? Is it SSL?
1: LSS.
0: LL, LSS, sorry. Sorry, the load stability system. Some cool videos on all this stuff, so I encourage you to check it out. Hey, listen, congrats, man! Great job on getting it to you know to the point you have. I think you are going to be you know wildly successful because you are you are kind of at at that pivot point now. You got these contracts in hand. All you got to do is deliver now. not just make the product, deliver. You are good an to execution go. Execution mission now. It's not an innovation. execution. Yeah. Execution. Thank you for being on the Rider Flex podcast, Caleb. I really appreciate it. Cheers, my friend. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit that little bell next to the subscribe button so you can be notified when we release a new episode. Our show features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get information on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.